You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brenda. Hey everybody, Greg Brenda here, and welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. It's been a while since we last chatted with you, and let me tell you, a lot has happened uh, since the last time we talked. So we'll do uh, some stuff here today on the Cleveland Indians, and then in a couple of days we'll uh, get ready for the start of the Cleveland Browns season as they uh, start yet a new adventure with... uh, Literally a whole new team, but we'll have plenty of time to talk with that and talk about that down the road. And you know what? It won't be long. Yeah, it won't be long until the Cavaliers and all the other NBA teams start training camp. Trust me, it is right around the corner. And uh, before you know it, uh, we'll be talking some NBA basketball again. How strange it will be, and I mean it will be really strange to talk some NBA basketball in the Cleveland Cavaliers without you-know-who, LeBron James. So let's talk about the Cleveland Indians. Well, we are now in September, and the trading deadline is passed at the end of July. The waiver trading deadline is passed at the end of August. And didn't we keep saying... We actually started talking about this before the season began. Remember, I said, I, I, I looked at the Indians roster and I said, you know what? Uh, I think it still needs help. I still had that really bad taste in my mouth from last October and losing the uh, division series to the New York Yankees in five games. And in fact, I think I still feel a little uh, of those uh, remnants still today. Uh, but I thought that the Indians would be a little more aggressive during spring training, and they were not, and they seemed to wait. That is Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff kind of waited to see just what would happen with the team, what they had, and let the season kind of play out. Well, it's been a very interesting season, to say the least. Uh, The Indians have had uh, numerous injuries, none to Michael Brantley in left field, and as I say that, I'm knocking on wood right now, hoping and praying that uh, we see a a very, very, very healthy Michael Brantley from here on out because the Indians really need uh, Michael Brantley. But the Indians have had their fair share of injuries. The infield, though, has been fairly complete. It's been the outfield, especially with Lonnie Chisenhall and his calf injury, Tyler Naquin going down. And, uh, you know, obviously the big blow has been the injury to Trevor Bauer, who is still recovering from a stress fracture. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. So the Indians have needed some help. The bullpen kind of staged a meltdown uh, early in the season. The Indians were still winning games only because their starting pitching had been so fantastic. But we all saw what the bullpen was doing in May and June and at the end of uh, uh, the month of July, in fact, right after the All-Star break, Antonetti and Chernoff made the deal for uh, Adam Simber and Brad Hand, which really changed the complexion of the bullpen. You know, how did I forget? You know, we've been talking injuries, and a guy by the name of Andrew Miller has really, really uh, kind of hurt the Indians with uh, his inability to get on the field, and he's still not pitching yet with another injury, and we will get into that too. So lo and behold, the Indians do that. They get a couple of uh, relief pitchers that they sorely needed. Actually, earlier uh, they went out and got Oliver Perez, plucked him out of the New York Yankees farm system. He had an out in his contract, which 
said that if a major league team came a-calling and the Yankees were not interested in bringing him up, guess what? He could leave, and he did, and really, he has really, in fact, helped the Indians a lot this year with that left-hander coming out of the bullpen. And then the Indians also traded for Leonis Martin from the Pirates, who really looked like he was going to help in center field. And he was here for just a few short days. All of a sudden, he comes down with this mysterious illness. And lo and behold, we find out that uh, Martin was suffering from a bacterial, bacterial infection, which affected his organs and literally put him in a whale of a bad problem, put him in the hospital, put him in ICU. And luckily, um, he caught it in time. They got him to the hospital. The great doctors at the Cleveland Clinic did their magic and got Martin back to health. But back to major league health, no, that's not going to happen this year. So a guy that was going to be probably uh, at, at the worst, a platoon center fielder, will not be able to help the Indians at all this year. But we're all just hoping and praying that everything from here on out is all right with Leonis Martin. So again, as we said, injuries have played a major, major factor in what has transpired. So that's what happened uh, before the deadline at the end of July. And as we got into August, I think many of us felt the Indians were just not done. Let's see how this plays out. The offense, the bottom part of the order was struggling a little bit actually was struggling a lot, and people were wondering what bat were the Indians going to go out and get, because there were still going to be some bats available. Obviously, it gets a little more complicated when you have to go through the waiver wire and get it done that way, but, you know, it's been done before. We point to last year when the Indians in August got Jay Bruce, who really uh, helped out in that uh, long 22-game winning streak and really helped the Indians uh, put themselves in what we thought was a very good position in the postseason. And again, just a a great deal. We all thought that the Indians were, you know, bound to keep them, but they did not. And maybe that was a great move because Jay Bruce has been um, hounded by injuries all season long as he went back to the New York Mets. And he really has been a non-factor. The Mets, you know, speaking of a non-factor, the Mets have been a non-factor too. So, We get through August. We're kind of wondering what's going to happen. You know, the Yankees are making, I mean, they're going out and getting everybody as as usual. And when he went out and got Andrew McCutcheon from the Giants, a lot of people go, oh, man, no. Are they going to get everybody? But there was one guy out there who hadn't played a lot this year, who had been nursing a calf injury for three months, who only, by the way, was the AL MVP in 2015, who comes to play in October, who is a dynamic right-handed bat by the name of Josh Donaldson. And we were all wondering if the Indians could find a way to go out and get Josh Donaldson. Now, there were, um, there were some implications if the Indians were about to make that deal. Well, lo and behold, on the Friday night of the waiver trading deadline, with about three hours to go before the witching hour of midnight, the Indians, well, they did what they had to do. They went out and got Josh Donaldson for a player to be named later. And as Chris Antonetti mentioned later on, that player to be named later might be a significant player. 
And we've all thought that, well, it probably depends on what Josh Donaldson does for the tribe. If he helps them win a World Series, honestly, I don't care who they give up. You know what? I hope it's a significant player because if Josh Donaldson's bat and if Josh Donaldson can do what he's done in the past, helps and propels the Indians to a World Series championship, I'm all in, folks. They can give up whomever they want, period, end of story. Now, let's talk about Josh Donaldson. As we speak on this podcast, he has been put on the 10-day DL, and that is not a surprise. He hasn't played for three months. He's been nursing a calf injury. He just started a rehab assignment just a day before he got traded to the Indians. As a matter of fact, hit a home run in that first game. But everyone knew that he wasn't quite ready to play at the major league level, especially every day, let alone maybe every other day. So he came to Cleveland, the tribe, all the doctors, all of the um, athletic staff looked at his workouts, and he and Chris Antonetti and, and Terry Francona had a long, deep discussion Let me tell you something. Josh Donaldson wants to get back on the field. Josh Donaldson has a grudge. Josh Donaldson has a chip on his shoulder. And he really wants to prove that he's not washed up. He can help. Now, he had a $23 million contract. There was still $4 million to go on the deal. And amazingly, the Indians are only going to have to pay a little over a million dollars on that deal with the Toronto Blue Jays picking up the rest of that the rest of that. So the plan was to get Josh Donaldson some more at-bats and some rehab games. And lo and behold, in his first game in Columbus, you know what he did? He had a grand slam home run. So he's going to shuttle back and forth between uh, Progressive Field and Columbus, Akron, Canton, uh, just so he can get some at-bats and do his thing and just get ready to play. And I guess the goal is to just you know, get him some ABs. Chris Antonetti call it volume. He's got to get more volume. And what that means is that you got to get out there and play some and get used to live pitching. Um, you're not going to be at the major league level, but you're going to get, you know, double A, you're going to get triple A. So you're going to face some pretty darn good competition. So I'm thinking probably the middle of September, when the Indians make that call to put Josh Donaldson in the lineup. Now, what does that mean? Well, Terry Francona, prior to the trade, had mentioned that he wasn't about to move Jose Ramirez to second base. He wasn't about to move Jason Kipnis to the outfield. Well, sometimes plans change. And in this case, guess what, folks? Plans will change. So when Josh Donaldson is ready to play and the Indians hope that they can have him um, on a regular basis, if not every day, close to every day, they will put him at third base. Jose Ramirez will play second base. And Jose Ramirez, you know, who has had an MVP third base season, folks, said, hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. If you want me to play second base, I'm going to play second base. But please, I don't want to go back and forth. And you know what? If you ever played baseball or you're a baseball fan, 
You know, it's not as easy as you look. You can't just say, oh, come on, Jose, you can switch between third and second. That's kind of easy. That shouldn't be a problem. Well, it really, it, it, yeah, it isn't a problem. It isn't a problem, but you want some stability. You want everyone to get used to it. You want Frankie Lindor to get used to his new second baseman, right? You want Josh Donaldson to figure out what he needs to do with third base, so that's going to take some time, and I think it's going to work out. You know, obviously, we're going to pray that nobody goes barreling into uh, Jose Ramirez. Well, you really can't anymore, but sometimes it does happen, and you hope you see a healthy Jose Ramirez, and I think we will. So what does that mean to Jason Kipnis? Well, judging by you out there, um, you're all for Jason Kipnis leaving the second base position and not – you know, not going anywhere. Well, the fact of the matter is, and to really be fair here, Jason Kipnis has really begun to hit the ball of late. Hit the ball like we have seen Jason Kipnis hit in the past. And trust me, this is not easy for Jason Kipnis. I don't think that Jason Kipnis wants to do this. I think he's willing to do this because he is a team player. And let's be honest, I don't think he really has a choice. I mean, if the Indians want Josh Donaldson to play third base and they want Jose Ramirez to play second base, it doesn't give Jason Kipnis many options, does it? I don't think so. So he's going to have to take some, you know, fly balls in center field. He went out there last year. He did okay. Actually made one great catch. But that begs the question, and we've discussed this a lot. If you keep Michael Brantley in left, which you are, and at times you use Jason Kipnis in center, and then you have Melky Cabrera in right field, you don't have the greatest defensive outfielder. You don't have a bad outfield. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you have a bad outfield. I'm just saying you don't have a great defensive outfield. I think you have an average, and I'm, I'm kind of stretching it. I think you have an average at best outfield with that um, with that in mind. So I think Terry Francona is going to have to really weigh it game by game and put Kipnis enough in center field to see if he's fairly confident and comfortable with Jason Kipnis in the outfield. And if he's confident and comfortable with Jason Kipnis staying out there and playing maybe in key games or in clutch situations. That soon that is to be determined. So, so what happens to Greg Allen? Well, Greg Allen has actually played very well. You know, it took a while for Greg Allen to warm up with his bat, but once he started to warm up with his bat, he did a pretty good job. And he's a much better defensive center fielder. No, let me let me rephrase that. He's a much better defensive outfielder than anything the Indians have right now. Yeah, you got Rajay Davis. Yeah, you got Brandon Geyer. Those guys are role players. Those guys are are defensive replacements or guys who pinch run or uh, if you need a right-handed bat at a certain moment in the game and you you're looking at the situation, then you make that kind of move. But those are not starting outfield. Well, what about what about Lonnie Chisenhall? Well, you know what? Lonnie Chisenhall has been nursing uh, that bad calf all season long, just like Josh Donaldson. And 
Lonnie Chisinau is trying to make his way back to the big leagues. I just don't know if uh, if Lonnie Chisinau is going to be ready to give the Indians anything before it's all said and done. And then last but not least, we have the injury to Trevor Bauer taking the line drive off the uh, lower part of his leg, stress fracture. MRI just uh, a day or so ago revealed that there was minimal healing, but um, according to everyone, that was expected. It's hard to keep Trevor Bauer down. He's been throwing from his knees. He's actually thrown from the mound a few times. He's been sore. And I think the key is if they can get Trevor Bauer to pitch two or three innings in a start or two by the end of the month, they might be in pretty good shape. And I think that's the key here. Now, you may ask, well, what does that mean for the postseason? I'm going to tell you. I think I think we all should be really conservative here. If you're all hoping and thinking that Bauer once October strikes and uh, he can go out there and give you um, you know six or seven innings, I mean he might. I mean I would never rule that possibility out, but man, I think that would be asking for a lot. Um, you know, it's one thing for Bauer to be tough. It's one thing for Bauer to you know, kind of grind it out and grit it out. But let's let's be honest, folks. You also have to be very effective here, okay? You know, when he busted up his finger with the drone back in the 2016 playoffs, you knew he was going to get it out. But, you know, the finger just wasn't going to respond, and, you know, we saw the bloody mess on the mound. So the Indians, let's face it, really need Trevor Bauer. He was having a Cy Young award-winning year. Can they manage without him? I guess. Would a little bit of Trevor Bauer be better than no Trevor Bauer? Absolutely. And hopefully they'll be able to get that out of him come the end of September and, of course, October. The Indians haven't officially clinched the AL Central yet. That is just something that will obviously happen sooner rather than later. When that happens, I think Terry Francona will give his players a little more rest as they uh, get prepared for the, the final push, you know, very late in September. And, of course, when the playoffs begin uh, at the end of the first week in October. Right now, the Indians are in pretty good shape, all right? They're still winning. Bullpen has had its ups and downs, trying to figure out if Cody Allen can can right himself. Andrew Miller, with his latest injury, a, a, a bit of a shoulder impingement, seems to be throwing better now in the last couple of days after getting a quarter zone shot. They need Andrew Miller. They need Cody Allen. You know, Terry Francona went up to Cody Allen and said, you know, here's the deal, Cody. I know you're struggling, but we really need you. If you want this team to to get where it needs to go, we need you to be effective. And he gave him kind of a pep talk, and that really, really helped. So they need to write Cody Allen. Andrew Miller needs to be healthy for about, you know, more than five minutes. And if that is the case, then the Indians are going to be in pretty good shape once postseason begins. So we'll see what happens. It's a long way to go. Um, The postseason will be here before you know it. And we'll get ready for October baseball. And as I have said over and over and over again, there is absolutely nothing better, absolutely nothing better than October baseball. 
And uh, if it means going to Houston for round one and starting the uh, uh, the ALDS in Houston, then so be it. You got to play who you got to play. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope the Indians get healthy. Let's hope that Josh Donaldson gets healthy enough and gets that bat in the lineup and really, really, really gives the Indians some punch in the middle of that order. Man, oh, man. I'm, I'm just going, man, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be really, really good. All right, that's another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. When we next speak again, we'll talk about the 2018 Cleveland Browns. Have a good day, everybody. Follow the Dean on Twitter at Sir Franks and Bacon. That's Sir Franks, the letter N, Bacon. Mmm, Bacon.